As one matriculates through different social climates, one encounters the options to conform or to object to the ideologies and actions of those around them. I am an unapologetic black man with stories to share about my personal experiences while transforming my mind and soul. Join me as I grapple with sociological structures on my quest for identity. It is certain in any case that ignorance allied with power is the most ferocious enemy justice can have. James Baldwin. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. That was Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood by Jack Ross. Jack spelled with no K. Welcome to the middle. This is a podcast for people like me. Those outcasts, those misfits, the curious people, the open-minded, the inclusive, the independent thinkers, and the inquisitive. First and foremost, I am not for everyone. My name is Tyquees, spelled with an I, no U, with an C, no S. Currently, I am a grad student, and I am an alumnus of the best HBCU in the land. (laughs) I am not for everyone. I will repeat that again. (laughs) So I'm from the South, where people pronounce potato, potato. They pronounce yellow, yellow. Remote controller, mo controller. Where we use ain't, and the flavor of things is the color. Like for Gatorade or Kool Aid, um, let me have red. Oh no, or let me have blue. Let me have green. <laughs> we don't say the flavor. Essentially, we do. It's the color. So I am not your stereotypical male. I am. A feminist advocacy for all women's rights for those marginalized communities as well. Um, the theme of this podcast will be my quest for identity. I am a black man, so I can only speak from my perspective. I'm not an expert, but I have a lot to say. The middle, the name, the middle. I wanted something that was non-conforming. I wanted to reach out to those who felt trapped in the middle. Initially, it was going to be like. The middle man, oh, because I feel like oh, I'm the middle man is my perspective and experiences. But no, that was that would be ostracizing a whole group of people who also felt trapped in the middle. So I wanted something that was pretty fluid. So the middle, it worked. So a little bit of a backstory of uh, of my life and how I came to be in in the middle. So I grew up in a rural environment, so rural that on your way to school. You can get behind a tractor, which holds up traffic. And you were just like, oh, my goodness, please, please go another way. And you, you end up being late for school because the tractor would slow you up. 
we had goats on our campus and you would see paraphernalia of the Confederate flag somewhere. That's how rural we're talking. Some sort of uh, Confederate flag memorabilia in regards to a bumper sticker, a shirt, belt buckle, or what have you. So with me being in the middle, being a black man from a very rural environment and which I attended an institution that was predominantly white in regards to my black peers, I could relate to them. I could quote Martin, Gina, baby. I could quote life. You gonna give me your, you gonna eat your cornbread? I could dance. I listen to hip hop. But that was it. Like that, that was it. We was bonded under oppression. I couldn't relate to them out besides of those cultural influences, those cultural connects. They would constantly use the N-word, and that it just turned me off from them. I was uncomfortable. And then, in order to be around them, I mean-mugged or looked angry because I tried to be the tough guy. I couldn't look weak. And I thought that I thought that's what it was meant to be a black male, uh, the black me- well, what black masculinity was. Uh, you couldn't be a punk, but that was tiring, and I just I just got tired of it. And we just only was connected under oppression in a very antiquated environment. So that's how we bonded. We understood, hey, we're in this environment, a racist environment. Our teachers don't really think much of us. But you have to prove that to them why you deserve to be there. You have to prove to them that you're not the stereotypical, quote unquote, black male. So that was stressful within its own right. And I bonded with a lot of my black um, peers under that under that oppression. But it was an environment that was so antiquated where that if the parents of one of our white girls at our school were caught hanging out with a a male of a darker complexion her phone and keys were took and she was grounded for like a whole week and that is the type of environment that you know we were subjected to so I gravitated towards my white counterparts because I really couldn't relate to my black peers so I gravitated towards my white counterparts I liked Harry Potter the Jonas Brothers Things of that sort. So I didn't feel any less for having unique interests as opposed to having and sharing those interests with my black peers. I wasn't chastised chastised for it uh, when I was around my white counterparts. They would boost up my ego. They'd be like, hey, man, you're such a beast. And it got to the point where I hung around the white kids so much that black people would say that I was trying to be white. And... It wasn't until one day someone in passing told me, hey, man, I uh, I see you hanging with all of these white kids. You love them. You love being around them. There's nothing wrong with that. But my brother, ask yourself, do they love you? Wow. And I, and I, and I thought, and I was like, what are you talking about, man? You, you don't even know me. You don't even know them. But that question allowed me to dig deeper. 
and I try to talk to my uh, my white friends at the time, and I realized that I somewhat sacrificed my identity and truth to alleviate their white guilt and comfort. I allowed them to, to feel comfortable. And I was the good Negro. Right? Good Negro in the sense of, hey, you don't really make us feel weird in regards to the racial dynamic and you're not the stereotypical black guy and you're smart and uh, you're, you're tolerable. And I was in on conversations where they would have and they thought that it was sufficient to use such vernacular or language. And they would say these dis- disrespectful things and disguise as a joke. For instance, hey, man, uh, I have some black people in my family and I'd be like, oh, yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, they're hanging up in my family tree. Or they'll say, I painted my computer black, hoping that it would run faster. But now it just won't work. And those jokes were met with rage. And then they would just try to digress and say, hey, man, it's just a joke. It's not that serious. Slavery was so long ago. And I was met constantly from my peers and my teachers with those daily microaggressions. And when I would combat them on their jokes, I'd be seen as the bitter and angry black man. And then I realized that I mistook their flattery for friendship. I had nothing in common with them. They could not understand the race dynamic. And their flattery was an attempt to hide their racial biases. And I feel like I was one of those friends where if someone else called them out on their racism, they would be like, hey, I'm not a racist. I have a black friend. And they'll point to me. And I was that black friend. So I really could not relate to anyone. So I embraced being the villain or the unicorn. (laughs) I became unapologetically me, whatever that meant. So to everyone's villain or to everyone's superhero, is the opposite. To someone's superhero is someone else's villain, and to someone else's villain is someone else's superhero. And I couldn't relate to either of the demographics, any of the two parties in regards to race, black or white. So I embraced being the villain, and I embraced being that unicorn, that anomaly, that different guy. And I embraced um, being that superhero within my own right. And from their perspective, how I thought they viewed me, I was their villain. So I kind of gravitated towards the Joker a little bit. (laughs) But after some soul searching and unlearning things and figuring out who I am, I I like who I'm becoming. And it became a very deep process of learning my environment and learning to be inclusive because I felt at the time, me looking back hindsight, I feel as if that I was really trying to fit in, but I was essentially a product of my environment in regards to having these implicit biases, those subtle hints of thoughts that people have that reinforce the image or the perception of other people. And it took me unlearning that process. And hopefully you'll join me for future episodes and we can dive deep into that 
unlearning process. We are spiritual beings that have superpowers given to us by the creator to preserve and protect life, which is humanity. So growing up, I always admire the Marvel DC comic superheroes. When I sadly learned that I could not emulate their powers, I created my own. My superpowers are charisma, motivation, passion, empathy, being inquisitive, and a protector. So what to expect for future episodes is something that's pretty extensive. I want a wide range of topics. I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about my love for humanity. I want to talk about those marginalized communities and what that means. And then being inclusive to all people. Talk about masculinity. Talk about the power dynamics and how out of power dynamics, the relationship between the dominant group in society versus the minority group or the marginalized group in society. Marginalized essentially is like you have a sheet of paper and you have the body, the whole whole sheet of paper right there, the, the body and, and what have you. And then to the side, you have the margins. So that's how you can think of marginalized communities, those individuals who've been cast to the side in the margins, marginalized communities. That's the best way I can put that. And then talk about Black Lives Matter. What does that mean? What does that mean to be black? What is blackness? This social construction that we all um, adhere to. Social construction in regards to what it means to be of certain different demographics or certain different groups in society. Talk about religion versus spirituality, what that means. Linguistic appropriation, how those of a minority or marginalized group in society reclaim oppressive terms to bond under that term. And then the power of apology, the, the, the dynamic between a parent and child. And we're just going just gonna to talk about all things sociology. And sociology is the study of life, the study of society, study of these systems and institutions, how we operate, how we get here, and different concepts. Strong, sensitive, scared, fierce, talented, exhausted. And I am at your mercy. On my quest for identity, I've always been a plastic bag in windy weather with no sense of direction. And for the longest time, I was always trying to prove that I was good enough. I was always trying to prove that I was black enough, whatever that means. Um, but it comes from within. It comes from within. I am good enough. I am quote unquote black enough. My skin is black. And a a lot of different things led to a lot of self-hatred. But on my quest for identity, I, I addressed all of those sentiments, those emotions, I want this podcast to push boundaries regardless of how, of how uncomfortable it may be. I want it to be thought-provoking and edgy. I mean, nice dude uncovering mean truths. 
At first, I was, you know, a tad hesitant about doing this. I have those feelings of doubt. Do I have the right voice? Will anyone listen? It'd be cool if it, you know, if it's just one person. I'm okay with that. What if it's trash? And I realized that those doubts stems back to the ego and thinking that you need validation from other people when the only validation stems from yourself. Only validation you need is from yourself. So those feelings of doubt were soon suppressed. They were hidden. Okay. Yes. I'm doing this. A podcast. I don't have any clout. I don't have any influence currently. And again, it may just be one person who listens to it. And that's okay. This is for me. This is to trying to this is trying to relate to anyone else who may be from the same way. You're not alone. And you're never too much for the right person. Speak your truth. Keep being you. Embrace being that unicorn. I want to be intentional about every episode. And I want to have purpose with every episode. I will get better with the podcast. I'm always open for feedback. There's a strength and vulnerability. So here I am being vulnerable. And I believe in quality. Here I am before you. Hang with me. Thank you. I prefer to be true to myself, even at the hazard of incurring the ridicule of others rather than to be false and to incur my own abhorrence. Frederick Douglass. Don't get me, be